This is Gratitude Unfiltered, and I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund. So blessed to have you guys here today. Uh, we are live right now on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. So if you're watching on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Facebook, YouTube, thank you guys so much for being here, and thank you, everyone, for supporting us on Audible, uh, which is new <laughs> as of yesterday, um, which is kind of exciting. But also, uh, thank you, everyone, for downloading the podcast. Really, really appreciate your support. We have a great show today. Dr. Henry is back for the third time. Of course, you guys know him from Society of Kingdom Minds. But before we start the show intro, I'm going to read today's devotional. God is in control. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Job 42.1. In the sphere of a society and in every successful generation, you will meet hardened pessimists who will find little or nothing that is right with this world. Who can relate to that? They see no hope for the future, and whenever they go, they create an atmosphere of gloom and dejection. This attitude finds pre precipitation in the personal life, and as a result, they become mean-spirited and negative. In the midst of this atmosphere of despair, it is beneficial to take a few minutes to ponder the greatness of God. Look back over the years and you will find example upon example of the wonderful ways in which God has transformed despair into vivacious hope, changed sorrow into joy, allowed victory to grow from defeat. Of all these examples, the one that towers above all the others is the way in which God used Jesus' crucifixion to manifest the wonder of his forgiving love and the glory of the resurrection. To those of little faith, Golgotha was the end of a sorrowful road, but Easter Sunday ushered in the beginning of a wonderful new life. God's plan for the redemption of mankind had been completed. When things around you appear dark and terrifying, Hold to the promises of God. Remember the mighty deeds he has performed and continue in confidence and with the certain knowledge that he is holy and in control. Almighty God and loving Father, my heart's knowledge that you are in control allows me to be courageous even in dark days. Guide me on your path and keep my faith strong. Amen. All right, guys, we will be right back and bring Dr. Henry to gratitude and filter. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finest things, the diamond rings, designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Been bleeding in the wheel more, put the crown of thorns on still more. My mic bloody cause I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Plug up in the harlot, my battery needs charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. It's some liquid from my arteries, will spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody want to work for it. Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund. It is a great honor for me to reintroduce my friend, someone I've learned a great, great deal from, uh, and blessed to uh, get to share hosting duties with him on Society of Kingdom Minds. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Dr. Guy Henry. What's up, Dr. Henry? How you doing, man? <laughs> Hey, hey, what an intro. What an intro. I, I want to meet this guy. 
Yeah, but what a scripture in Job. You think that was written in 2021. I know. It's funny how now, like when I was younger and I was learning scripture, and I still am learning scripture. I'm relative, I am a novice still. But it's interesting to me that I've noticed here in the last year, scripture seems more current event than it ever has to me. Is there is there something to that, or am I making this up? Um, no, not making it up. I think, um, you know, when we start developing our own um, spirituality, if you want to say it that way, the yeah. word of God, what does it say? It's a two-edged sword. It's always alive. It's always, you know, um, relevant. And so when we step into another level of our own life, that word now becomes more applicable to where we are today. That's what makes the word of God alive. Another generation from now, everybody's going to be saying the same thing because the principles, the truths are always going to be applicable and especially to those who are living in the times that they're living in. So it, it fits. Yeah. You're, you're a little bit older than I, but not that. You. And you, you know, well, what I'm saying is you always hear nothing new under the sun. And does when you hear that statement, does it give you comfort or does it give you anxiety? Because nothing we've had civilizations wiped out. <laughs> we've had some crazy events happen um, over the history of mankind. But when you hear those things, nothing new under the sun, does it give you comfort or how, what does it do for you? Wow, I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way. That's an interesting question. Does it give me comfort? It doesn't give me anxiety. I think that the the truth behind all of that is what's new under God? What What's new that God hasn't already seen, especially given the human nature, which we basically just recycle our, our, our sins, our attitudes, our, you know, but we just grow with society. We grow with time. You know, today we're in a very high technological world, which wasn't the case 200 years ago. Sure. But the truth of the matter is the battles we face, the tricks of the enemy, there's nothing new. They're just He just paints it a little bit different, puts a little another name on it. But ultimately, it's still – that was an easy word to say, wasn't it? Ultimately, <laughs> it's, it's just new dressing on the same old, same old that he started with Adam and Eve. I want to ask you, I want to ask you a relatively complex question, but since you're not a preacher, I think you'll answer it honestly. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are freaking out about the vaccine. What do you, from your perspective, what what is scripture? Does scripture say anything about vaccines? Talk about it, you know, because there's a lot of people that fear that this one is the one that is the mark. This is the one that we're putting a chip inside of us. There's there's a big belief, and there's a huge movement. This is not something that just a few conspiracy theorists believe. It's a lot of people. So going, believing that, like, is there, is there anything to go to scripture to, I think, let me rephrase this. Is there anywhere in scripture we can find an answer to, do we take a vaccine or do we not? <clears throat> yeah, you, you preface that well by saying this is a complicated question. You're, <laughs> you're either going to make me look good or you're going to crucify me <laughs> with this question. I only attend uh, you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I, certainly. I've you know, I've studied the, the Word of God for a long time. My uh, my expertise, if you will, is not necessarily theology. Um, you know, I like to I like to take the principles of God's kingdom and apply them to today's living. With that being said, and you're right, I'm 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 a little older than you, but I'm old enough to to remember something. Um, when there was this massive computer being built, and I remember that it was in Belgium. And it was some, you know, national, worldwide, something, it, it hit a lot of news. And the thing of it is, they called it the beast. So you can imagine what, if I may say, churchy, religious people thought, this is it. Yeah. It's, it's technology, um, the beginning of internet and all this stuff, and now this computer is called the beast. That's, that's it. That's going to be it. I think there's all, what I do know is that the enemy is very, uh, make sure this is an English word, astute. 
-huh. Is that okay? Uh, he's very astute in, in you know, in um, deceiving, and especially through religion and and taking the word of God and and trying to manipulate it in such a way, which is again what he did to Adam and Eve. He he tricked Eve by just manipulating the very words of God. And so everybody's right. been looking for one thing. My opinion, how about that? It, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to say the Bible says or anything. My opinion is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and we ain't got nothing to worry about. I'm not going to tell somebody to not take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Um, I think it goes well beyond this, this mark or this chip or this whole thing. It's it's a it's a mirrors and smoke thing that the enemy uses to cause confusion, um, division, and you know when the Bible says wherever there's confusion, there's all kinds of evil at work. Right. So he loves to create within us something to confuse us and get us all uptight about well what are we going to do because this, and if it doesn't fit within maybe our framework of doctrine, if you will then we just, we freak out, or we tend to, human nature. All that to say, um, I'm not taking no, no vaccine, no way, no how, but that's just me. Right. Um, because I, I, I don't believe I need it. I've never had a flu vaccine. Uh, you know, I mean, I just, there's just this thing that, you know, when you get a revelation of what God's word really gives us, you don't actually have to battle with that. For me, healing, walking in, in health, you know, strength, the word of God is health to my bones. And so just the fact that I'm in the word of God brings me healing, brings me health. Um, and none of these things shall come nigh me, um, the book of Psalms says. So um, I'm just going to kind of go and live and I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. I'm going to live to be righteous, justice, and um, help those that are in need of help, and I'm just going to let God add whatever He needs or He knows that I need to have to my life. Was that a political enough answer? <laughs> you politically corrected the crap out of it that answer, but 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 at the same time, it was also a very honest and, and sincere answer. Um, my stepfather's in the hospital with COVID right now, and he's had you know pre-existing conditions, so like it's it's scary for him. Yeah. You know, like I'm one of those people that he's the first person I've known that's had it. And of course it's the most tragic thing ever. And yet I still believe that masks are ridiculous. I think it's a satanic ritual. And I think it's, I, I mean, I believe there, I, I get into the weeds about what my beliefs are about the mask and I don't believe that they really work. And my, I, one, think I can agree with you there. The one, my one experience with taking a vaccine caused me to think that I had cancer because of this horrendous outbreak that still hasn't gone away, by the way. And it's oh, been no. six months that you're, you remember this. I do. It hasn't gone away. The pain's gone now, but all that was going on, and that happened from the vaccine. So, like, I'm, I'm so anti this, and at the same time, I'm watching my stepfather struggle mightily, and it's heartbreaking. It's like, what do you do? And that's why... Mm -hmm. Reminds me to go. What other people do really is none of my business. <laughs> like, it's not for me to tell you what to do. Like, I'm not taking the vaccine, but at the same time, yeah. if you are on your deathbed and you need this, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not going to judge you for doing it. But it's an interesting. What if? Like, what if this is like this vaccine? What if it really did cure or help people? Yet at the same time. It's the mark. The thing that we've been told, like, oh, my God, that's the mark of the beast. We've been raised as believers or even people that are new in the faith. We are haunted by the words, Antichrist, mm -hmm. mark of the beast. Like, those are the two and hell. Like, that, those are the three that you don't really want to, like, play around with. Mm -hmm. Like, it's an interesting thing. Like, what do you do? And to your point, I guess it comes to up to that individual's relationship and trusting that God's going to give you the right thing to do for you. Mm -hmm. We do know the Bible says, work out your own salvation. Yeah. Ooh. And so 
you know, we have to, you know, we've all have our history. We all have the, the way we were raised and we've got all this, this stuff going on that we have to work through. Yeah. So the word of God has to work on us. What works for me in the way that it works for me might not work for you, even though it's the same word, because you are a different person. You are the individual that you are. You are a one of a kind creation. And just for, how about we just, can, can we take a minute and just play with something? Please. <laughs> um, you know, the whole, with the whole mark of the beast, let's take it out of something um, actual and think of it in terms of, because where does it say really that there supposedly is a mark, either on your forehead or on your right hand? Right hand represents authority in what we do. Front, the forehead represents what we think. So what we think and what we do, even Paul said there was antichrist that are now here. So antichrist is a spirit that is antichrist. Some I, I'm just I'm just kind of throwing something out there to play around with. And I and I know and I appreciate you saying this because going back to your beginning point, you were talking about how I mean there's all of interpretations like the enemy. All the enemy has to do is confuse us. There's 95 different types of Bibles. American version, <laughs> SV, Q, like QVC, HSN, ESPN, like whatever. <laughs> like regular English, hooked on phonics version. It, it, it's it's absolutely madness. We can't even agree with which 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 version of the Bible that we need to read. I hear some people like, ah, oh, you gotta read King James or you're not a real Christian. Well, who can, I, who can understand that? I can barely understand it, and I've been doing this for a long time. It's insane. So how, like, you, so you talk about confusion. There's no one that causes more confusion for Christians than Christians themselves. It's so true. It's so true. Like, what, so what, is that a spirit of the enemy, the devil? Like, is that part of it? Sure, I'm sure it can be, and I and I don't say that I agree with every one of these versions. Sure. And again, I'm not going to defend anyone or or come against anyone. What I try to do is I try to if I'm looking at a new version of the Bible, mm -hmm. and I want to know where they where they got it from. Did they go back to the original language, and interpret it in today's language? Or did they just copy, did they translate it and take ideas from something that was already translated and translate it again? Yeah. That's, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in that. I want people that really know Greek, really know Hebrew that's going, and maybe they've got a mindset, okay, I'm looking at this from a 21st century, and I write it based on those original words. I can get into that, but I can't, I can't get into just people, hey, I've got another version. Here's a new way of saying the same old thing because it, the truth behind it can get lost. And that really is a trick of the enemy because he wants to hide us from the truth. So, okay. That I, I that I appreciate. So what are the, what's the, if the word of God is spirit breathed, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. this is how the Bible was written. It was written through the Holy spirit. What's to stop the Holy Spirit from deciding he wants to write a new New Testament? <laughs> because, you know, there's a book called The Course of Miracles that's supposedly the same thing as the Bible. And that, that's the kind of the Christ consciousness, you know, variety of following Jesus, which is a, a completely different thing. But, again, those writers were supposedly led by the Spirit to write this. Like mm -hmm. that from Jesus, why? Like, can you speak to that? Like, who who decided that the Holy Bible was like the Holy Bible, and there will be no other? Like, who made that decision? Because that, to me, sounds like someone's playing God. Well, it, we we have to come. We have no two things. First of all, we have to um, you know we have to have the faith that those let's call them religious leaders that were gathering to choose what is going to go in what you know, the Torah, mm -hmm. what we now call the Bible. And we know, we know by history that there were writings that were not included. 
for ABC reason, you know, they were unclear or unsupportive or, you know, and, and so these less, you know, people that, that we blindly trusted that, that said, okay, here we go. And, and, and at the end of the new Testament, it kind of left us. One thing that I think is important is that it says that we are the new Testament. We are the living epistles. With that being said, we still take those principles that don't change, and we see them lining up from Old Testament to New Testament. One was one was in real life, and one was in kingdom principles, but the principles are the same. But we, we live them out today. We are that New Testament. So while, you know, one apostle went to, you know, one place to share and spread the gospel, now we are that. I can go places you can't go. You can go places that I can't go. We can go some places together, you know, Paul and Barnabas uh, and, 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 and Mark. And then one time, you know, Paul said, well, Mark, I don't think this is going to be the trip for you. You know, things aren't gelling exactly right. And then later on, he said, you know what, send, send Mark. So I think we become those, those living epistles as we allow ourselves just to let those principles of God's kingdom live out in us you're going to say something a whole lot different to the people you would have influence over than maybe i would say it and we could be saying the exact same thing but you would have a greater impact so your version if you will of of the word of god is the version that was needed for that person it's like a choose your own adventure book I was like, I swear, I feel like I'm living in a new New Testament. And I mean, because, you know, I think about and I'm not like I I don't know if this is a narcissistic thing to say or or what, but I just going to share what's gone through my head and you can make fun of me if you want. (laughs) But I've on like I've I've pictured like my name's Joshua. Right. So it's easy to go look at Joshua and be strong and courageous and go, okay, well, that's my dude in the Bible. Of course, you know, I like Paul too, but I, even before I had followed, you know, made the decision to give my life to Christ, I thought that I was in some Bible story, like all the time. I don't know why it just felt that way. It just always is a child. And so like, I don't know if it's one of those, uh, what is it? Illusions of grandeur or (laughs) one of those things, uh, disillusions of grandeur. Is that how you say that expression? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I literally, and then after giving my life to the Lord, I'm like, I am Joshua. Yeah, this is what I got to do. I got to go free some people. <laughs> like, but I, but I felt that way. Like, and I don't know if it's that insane, but when people talk about the Bible as living and breathing and it's still alive today, and then to your point, talking about the, we are in the New Testament still. We're walking, you know, like going, well, maybe this is true. This is like the never-ending story, but real life. Mm. Maybe you get the reference, never-ending story. I, I, I got it. I got it. And you are Joshua. And I am Joshua. I, I am, Is that completely insane to believe that we are in currently really in like this five-dimensional space of this is the Bible. We're actually alive as characters in that Bible, but yet here we are on the world. Yeah. Maybe I should have given you mushrooms first before we had this conversation. <laughs> that and would only I, make it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like off in La La Land, but like you really are painting this picture of what the living, when people say the living, breathing Bible, you're kind of painting that picture that we're swimming in. I, I, I agree. Now, I think maybe what you experienced, uh, you know, I did. I wasn't. I was thinking, you know, when I was growing up, I was thinking I was the outcast of the whole world. So, you know, but there was probably already that innate calling, calling you, because I believe that our calling calls us. And it was probably calling you even from the time that you were a child and, you know, you were fantasizing because that, I mean, look at you, you can, you've got a crazy imagination. I do so it was already, it was already working. And yet, even though you weren't necessarily seeking God, I, I meant that as a compliment. <laughs> no, I, no, I, 
perfectly. It's yeah. No, I take that as a compliment. Okay, <laughs> crazy creative. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I like. I always, I always challenge. I'm, I, you know, what I am is I'm. If if I look at something in my life and I say, what am I? What's my innate gifts or abilities? It is always to be innovative, to create strategies, think outside of what somebody tells me is the norm. I mean, I did it when I was in industry and business. It was like this, somebody would tell me, this is the way to do it. This is the only way to do it. The first thing I thought is I'm gonna figure out another way to do it. I didn't even know how to do it yet, but I knew I was gonna figure out a different way to do it. I used to think that was me just being rebellious mm. until I realized that's God's gift. I'm not being intentionally rebellious. I'm just thinking if it was done this way, then there's got to be a better way to do it. Because if you're doing it that way now, I'm sure you didn't do it uh, that way before. Yes. Yeah. That's just how I think. And so I look at, you know, we know, again, the Bible says that our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, life is not a name. You are Joshua. Yes, I so am. your story is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Again, I'm just, you know, I'm that outside of the box thinker. Yeah, me too. And I, but that's, the thing is too though, like I used to try to expand my mind every way possible in running from religion. Because I felt like something's different about I'm this. still running from religion. Well, yeah. No, I I, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I just was. But, yeah. No. Um, but running from that, the, it was also this belief that I didn't want, like I thought following Jesus meant being put in a cage. Mm -hmm. My thinking, I need to be dumb. Like, you know, I used to think faith like a child was like, well, it's just a kid that doesn't know anything. I've learned through now watching my two stepdaughters, which they're my, I love them, uh, watching them express the love of Jesus in their worship and like their faith and the way that they pray. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. This whole faith like a child or childlike faith had a whole different meaning it's than deep. what it it's deeper than what I knew. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the point I was making there. I lost it. But anyway, that, the child, I, anyway, lost my thread thought. Life story, LeBlanc's book alive. Um, you're running from God. Uh, he's gonna put yeah. limitations on you. I don't know. Oh, uh, I knew what it was. Thank you. Thank you for that. But my mom, I literally speaking, going outside of the box, my brain was going all the way over here and then it wanted to come back over here and interweave all of this stuff. My point was my mind has expanded way more seeking Christ than mm -hmm. I've ever done any other way. And I don't mm -hmm. know how that happened, but honestly, it has been more freeing than I could have ever, ever expected. Mm -hmm. Jesus is freedom. And Jesus... Yeah. Whenever, when the world is shutting down, there's, you know, the, there's the COVID scare. There's all of these different things going on that are meant to paralyze us and keep us stuck and to distract us and confuse us. To your earlier point, the one thing that remains true and the one thing that remains the same is that in Christ, we are free. In Christ, we can do all things. In Christ, we are not in a prison. We're not in a hell. And I, that would explain why 2020 was the best year of my life, when for a lot of people it was the worst year of their life. But I can look back at that and say, Jesus. Agreed. Tell me a year in your life when you didn't have challenges, whether it was called COVID or whether it was called whatever. Yeah. One of the things, and, and, you know, and I, and, and it's bad. I understand, and 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 whatever, and how much of it's real, and and and, but people are sick, and so it's real uh, to the point where you know people are sick. But man, we're not we're not facing the the black plague. We're not living in the dark ages. You know, we're not going to battle with the Philistines with swords and spears. 
but it's a battle. And what is the battle for? You know, the battle is really for only one thing, faith. That's what the battle is all about. Explain, please. Fight the good fight of faith. Everything that comes against us is to keep us from gaining or growing in faith. The reason, if, if the enemy could convince you that serving God was putting you in a box and limiting you, then, hey, you're going to go flying. And he's going to let you use your gifts. He's going to let you be who you are. But he's taking you in that, that wrong path. Because he's convinced you that the liberty, the freedom that was really yours is not freedom. Again, it's what he told Eve. You're not, you don't have everything yet. You don't have the knowledge of evil. Don't you want to know everything that God knows? Well, yeah. Well, try this. Not. Huh. So, you know, just to really go way out on a limb, you know, that might have been Eve's. Um, you know, line of coke. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It got her. It got her sidetracked to realize, yeah, this is not bad. This is this tastes good. And the Bible even says that sin is pleasure for a season, but because it can only rob, kill, steal, destroy, then eventually it will do that. But when we truly find the truth of not a religion. Not not being dogmated, if that's a word, but uh, you know, dogma and 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 bound by doctrine, and really understand that Jesus is, I mean, he's he's the universe. He's our breath. He's he's our life. He's our strength. He's our he's our he's our blood. He's our bone. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's just, he's as big as the the entire galaxies and universe. And he, he's inside of every one of our breaths. So that's freedom. And when we get that, it's kind of like, how in the world was I so tempted? How was I so blinded to think that this was a good path? But the liberty, that freedom that you're talking about that we get when we honestly just accept Jesus, it is. It's, it's liberating. Am I afraid? of of a disease i'm not afraid mm -hmm. there's, there's there's i'm not afraid was 2020 uh, uh uh the i don't know if it was the best year of my life but i had i had no problems with living it i just had to keep my faith on edge i had to keep building my faith yeah i saw god work a lot of miracles yeah yeah how no problem. is as far as uh Sin goes, or not? Wait, is that the where direction I want to go? <laughs> I want to. I have like all of these like really challenging questions I want to ask you. I okay. see that. I know I where I'm, that. I know where I want to go. I'm picking on you today. Um, oh sure. Because <laughs> I so what we I think we talked about this on Society of Kingdom Minds, or I'm pretty confident it was that. But the, the subject of reincarnation came up. It did. I think you brought it up. No, I didn't bring it up. Oh, no. Okay. No, but I think it was Dr. Caroline that brought it up. And oh, yeah. so I want to, so I thought, okay, this is the way I thought I understood it. That no one's really, like our, our loved ones that have died, they're still just floating spirits waiting for Christ to come to take us all to heaven. It, I, I thought that that's how it worked. I didn't think that you died and then if you were a Christian, you went immediately to heaven. Can you, first of all, solve that mystery? Um, Paul said it, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the okay. moment that we give up this, this carcass that we live in, uh -huh. this, is our, this is our mobile home, our soul, our spirit is immediately before him. So, so I thought that at the end, when Christ comes back, when he goes back to heaven with us, I thought in there, and I, I maybe I'm wrong, I guess I was wrong, it talked about how even the bodies or spirits from the grave will be pulled out as well. Does it say uh, that? Pick that up. Okay, well, um, 
I'm only going to answer the question you're actually asking because you could make me open up another can of worms. Well, I'm but sorry. it is our bodies that makes reference to, not our spirits. Ah, okay. So that was confusing because I thought, so wait a second, our spirits are just floating around then. That would explain all the bad spirits that float around and those demons that try to enter me at night. I can feel it. <laughs> it happened again last night. I'm laying there. And I mean, I tell Jessica everything, like what's going on. But I, last night, I felt, had another spirit trying to enter me. And every time, the more I got relaxed, the more I fell asleep, I could feel it pushing on me. Like, what the mm -hmm. heck is going on? Like, it wants me in my sleep so bad. Like, I need to walk around with an exorcist, I think. So that's <laughs> well, the question, because how does that kind of thing happen if our spirits aren't just floating around? So does that mean the people that didn't give their life to the Lord before they died, and they died, does that mean their spirits are floating around? Well, remember, the um, Satan has his host of angels, demons we call them, that yeah. do his bidding. So, and while I, again, we don't want to open up more cans, but yeah, those, those demons, they, they still inflict us. They still attempt to, you know, rape us, steal from us, get in our head, get in our thinking. And, and, and obviously sleeping is not an escape from that because our minds, the, the entry point for everything that the enemy does is through our minds. You know, our minds are still active and, and somehow he has that way of just, you know, his presence, his, his influence, a thought. He can plant that thought even though we're sleeping. But but to the we also I want to mention again, you know, the Bible talks about us when we run the race to remember that we have this cloud of witnesses that are kind of cheering us on. I like to think of those as, you know, those people that that have gone on before us, mm -hmm. whether they be families, loved ones or whatever. You know, from their point of view, they're cheering us on. They want us to win. They know that the victory to them is just a breath away. Yeah. And it, so it is with us. Whether that victory is over uh, a sickness, whether that victory is over a financial battle, it's only a breath away. It's just that one more battle of holding on and contending for the faith, the confidence that I don't need to wait for the manifestation of what I'm confessing. I can believe it and feel it even though now, so that when the manifestation of that happens, I can just walk into it. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. Uh, Nicole's talking about this. Nicole's saying that demons can't enter a born again Christian. And I, I don't, I, I want to respond to that respectfully because Nicole, I love, I mean, I love your courage and you're a warrior, um, but I have to, I, I don't know how that, that can be true because I know that I gave my life to the Lord. I, I remember the supernatural experience of the Holy Spirit and everything when I was in jail the sixth time. I, I know what happened that day, but I also know that... Uh, that after I had my relapse and I went on for like a month, that demons came back in me. And, and it was worse than before. So I know that my salvation was real. I knew that I was a Christian. I knew, even though I'd let a lot of those demons come back, what kept me from going over the edge was indeed the Holy Spirit. But those demons came back. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's something biblical to back up either statement, my opinion, or yours, but that brings up a lot of questions. Can you speak to that, Dr. Henry? Can demons take over a Christian? Um, I think you had the right um, phrase when you said you let them. That's you allowed them. I invited them back, for sure. I mean, if you let your guard down, they're always going to try. And if they know what it takes, they'll always keep using it. Their influence never stops. They're always knocking on the door. They can't get in. However, we let our guard down. We step away from that faith or we step away from God's presence just too far. 
we do and can, oh, I believe, okay, this will just be my opinion because I know we could probably have 5,000 views from 3,000 people. <laughs> but, but I believe that when, when we just step away too far from God's presence or ignore the spirit guiding us and telling us, don't go there, don't go there, but we go there, we've opened that up to the opportunity for, yes, even demons to come back and take their place. We do know that the Bible says that when, when a demon or demons are cast out, if we don't fill that space, if we don't keep track of that, they'll come back seven times worse. Uh, that, and that I believe. And, and that is Bible. So yes. we have to fill our space with everything that they were, they were taking up with love, with the word, with faith, you know, and charity and all. We've got to fill that up to keep that space so there's no space for them to come back. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I just hear what my point, I guess, and I, I actually agree with what you're saying. My only point was I didn't lose my salvation. No. Like I, I was still going to heaven if I would have died that day, which inevitably, had God not interfered, I would have died that day. Uh, mm -hmm. I know for a fact because I know what was happening before and somehow in my drugged out stupor I thought yeah I can do this for a few more days in a row which no that that would have been my death but mm -hmm. anyway, but that's an interesting thing and Nicole again I'm not hating on you for having a different opinion I respect your opinion very very much again I like I love the stands that you take um, I just you know happen to see a little bit differently with this one Doc, yeah. so how are things going in Honduras with Tree of Life Ministries? Because I know you're in Florida right now, yeah? Yes. Okay. So how's everything in Honduras? Well, um, the, word, the word for us for our project in Honduras or mission um, is reset. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I, I think it just comes on the heels of 2020. And because the, 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 the core of our work there starts with a boarding school with hundreds of kids, teenagers, um, restrictions and blah, 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 all this politics stuff is limiting us on what we can effectively do. So part of the whole reset is just reapproaching it, creating innovative ideas that we can still reach our kids but through other means, um, at least for, you know, this year, we're actually looking at it, believe it or not, as a, um, can I say gift? I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but even though it's not our heart and passion to do it this way, because we want to be hands-on with these kids day by day by day, we're going to do a lot of things online. We're going to do a lot of things by, you know, short visits. But in the meantime, what we've done is we've kind of put this in a suspension mode and functioning, and we're recreating our entire base of, and systems on how we do things and expanding the way we do education to not only reach 500 kids, but I'm declaring that in five years, we'll be able to reach 5,000 kids with this new system that we're creating. And it's all because we've been forced into something that now we can take an advantage of because even the government, as much as they try to, you know, dictate how things are done, they don't know how to do anything. And so we're, gonna, we're coming in and we're creating a system that we intend to show the government, you can do this and this will be effective and create a better educational system for Honduras. So, Yeah, I heard the, with this, somebody was talking about, you know, communism taking over. And they said, get your businesses ready to sell to the government. It was the advice that they gave. Like, so whatever product you come up with, come up with something the government's going to have to buy because that's going to be your only customer or shop <laughs> success. I mean, that's what their belief was. Okay. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, who knows if it's true. I actually Googled. I was like, okay, is communism so bad? So I went and Googled it. Now, outside of the car, the Marxist and all that stuff, I actually Googled up, or can you be an entrepreneur in with communism? And sure enough, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. It's really as bad as everyone sounds. 
what, or, or as a lot of people make it sound, it really sounds terrible. Like, I don't think I want that. Is, is Honduras, is that a communist or is it a, a democratic country? Um, democratic? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like our democratic. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, sort of. It's more socialist with a democratic title. But, <laughs> um, but, but you know, we're we're looking at and you know, and I love Honduras and 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 you know, I'm I'm hoping I'm actually we're looking to go back at least for a visit next month. But you know, um, I did a I did a Joshua. I forgot what I was actually going to say. <laughs> I brain fart. Uh, yeah, and I don't know why I was saying all that. Just to, oh it. We have to remember that Honduras is number one, first of all, the second, not first of all, but it is by fact, the second poorest nation in the Western hemisphere, actually tied for first. So poverty, poverty breeds corruption. Uh, it breeds violence. It breeds hopelessness, helplessness. So as long, and of course, our, our vision statement, find the need, meet the need, change the nation. So we have a, a nation size vision. And when you meet people's needs, when it's hope, when it's help, when it's opportunity, then, then you can begin to create within the person the, the change that takes place in a community, which takes place in a, in a region, which eventually takes place in a nation. That's been kind of our approach. So despite what, what's going on, despite the corruption, despite the violence, Seek first the kingdom of God, man. <laughs> I, and I, 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 again, and I align with that because I don't believe our, our purpose or our mission changes, you know, with what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. And God's promises remain true regardless of what's going on. Um, I've shifted, you know, my focus, and of course I've, our, our focus and our mission is the same here on earth, but we've, I've started to shift my attention to space a little bit because the more I've got into production, we have another event coming up with the space program uh, on E360 that we're getting to do and we're creating a documentary um, that I'm really, really excited about. But a lot of it has to do with the space economy and the mm -hmm. new old rush is not cannabis. It's not, CBD, it's not gold, it's actually space, the space economy. And some of the stuff that's happening there is fascinating. But who would like who just sits there and go, everyone else is looking for the newest version of click funnels and trying to find a new product to sell and yada yada yada. It, there's a whole trillion dollar or more industry waiting in space for people. And uh, as you're sitting in on these meetings, like I've literally, a lot of my attention is going towards space technology and <laughs> where we're going to be in probably 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, still rules in space, too, I heard. What's that? And, and God still rules in space, too, I heard. Yeah, I heard that, too. Imagine that. Since he created it. <laughs> do you think we have, do you think we have other forms of life? In the, in the world. What are you doing today, bro? Seriously, do you think that there's life on other planets? Because there's a billions and billions of other planets and stars and, you know. The you parallel think? universes and everything. Yeah. Uh, I, my imagination, my, my, my creative imagination outside of the box thinking um, that the God of this universe that built all of this stuff that would take us, uh, what is it, a hundred and some odd light years just to get to the farthest galaxy that we know of. Yeah. Why did God create all of that for this little planet called Earth? That's just the way I look at it. Again, that's not a Bible thing. That's just, you know, I, I like to look at who God is and say, man. But I think that there's something very special about us in that he became one of us mm -hmm. just so that he could restore his relationship with us. Did he do that somewhere else? Well, of course, we don't know. But um, we also know that he created angels um, and, and cherubims and all that kind of things to, to, to worship him. Mm 
but he wanted someone that could worship him from their own will and choice. So he made man and he made him in the image of God that we can create, we can procreate, we can, you know, we can have a, a mind to choose. I have no idea, but I like to think that we're special in that respect. But is there life forms? I, I can't see that there's not. God's just so big. Yeah. He's so he's eternal. If God doesn't, why do you think God waited so long to send Jesus? Because, you know, we had giants and we had all kinds of craziness like walking this earth. And we had different civilizations here before us. We had, like, why do you think God waited just to 2,000 years ago to bring Jesus? Or do you think that Jesus came back at some other point and there was a destruction of the world and we get, we're doing it all over again? You are uh, really trying to dig me into a hole today. I really love you. I can't wait for Friday. I'm going to tear you up. And I've always picked you, and I'm picking on you so you can answer all my questions. Ah, okay. Because um, you're a preacher, and I know that you'll answer. Um, <laughs> First of all, let's, we are limited to, to the understanding of a linear, linear time frame. Yeah. So we think it was thousands of years from the time he told Eve till the time that to us it was thousands of years, but to God it was immediately after. God knows that God knows the end from the beginning. That He's not limited by time. He created time. He created time for us. Right. A day and a night. He did that for us, for us to be able to mark our linear progress. So God isn't God doesn't think in terms of time. When he said and he gave that promise to Eve, it was already done. Yeah. So the manifestation to us in our fine timeline took that long but it didn't take god any time at all in my opinion i need to say that a lot today <laughs> i can't go i have like eight thousand more questions but i'm just going to save them for a uh, society of kingdom minds uh, <laughs> closing out because i mean literally everything else is i mean even deeper wormholes um but I'll, I'll spare you today. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you'll spare me from here on out is what you're saying. <laughs> you're it's been fun. You'll probably come back for round four. So um, let's talk about it. Anytime. What are you most excited about uh, with the course that you, Dr. Ruth, Dr. Caroline, myself and you and Pastor Carlos are creating? What's your, what's your favorite thing about it? Like, what are you most excited about? Um, most excited. I think it is within what you just said, Dr. Caroline, Dr. Ruth, Joshua, Pastor Carlos, myself. It's that team. It's, it's, it's to me, that is showing the kingdom of God when people from, as you and I know, from all kinds of different lifestyles. Um, for sure. I mean, maybe, maybe five different lifestyles, at least four and a half. I think we might've had some crossings in lifestyles and some of those things, but um, the fact that we're coming together and we're honoring Christ, we're, we're lifting up the kingdom with the purpose of helping other people. Again, that has been in my heart since I was a child. All I can always remember is, and maybe because I was a little bit picked on as a kid, of course I changed that when I got a little bit older, of course, that's another story. Uh, that's the violent story. <clears throat> we don't share that part often for uh, episode four. Yeah, maybe. But I always felt like compassion. I felt hurt for the marginalized, you know, the kids that were maybe getting beat up on the playground or maybe just was not fitting in or whatever. And that's just always stayed with me. And I know there are awesome people on this planet that just need a boost. They just need to know that they are worth something. And what we're doing is something to help them realize that. That, that to me, is the best part. What a great answer. Um, and, and guys, if you, anyone listening, watching out there, no matter what platform you're watching on, 
um, or you're listening on, just you can fill out the contact form or drop a DM. Again, regardless of the platform you're on, if you're interested in learning more about the course and keeping track, we're going to be doing every Friday at 2 p.m. Central. Um, we're going to be doing a broadcast and just adding little pieces to the course as we speak. It's interactive. We want you to be involved. But if you also want to get in early with the course, uh, just send me a message directly, uh, even Dr. Henry for that matter, or just mm -hmm. contact form and we'll get with you. Um, it's going to be exciting. And what I like about it and I'm most excited about is it will be interactive, but also mm -hmm. it's not set in stone. It's meant to adjust and to move as we move on time and, you know, as yeah. life happens, different circumstances happen. It's good to be able to adjust because, you know, being able to, the principles remain the same no matter what. But as life happens, sometimes it takes working with, like, say, coaches to help you go, this is how that principle applies in this situation. Because we have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming up. Well, in March, you know, we have the George Ford trial. That's going to re-aggravate some things for people. You know, so how do you deal with that? There could be a new wave of riots or, you know, as things change in the government, like how all this changes, how does it affect me? How can I use these principles for me to fulfill and to live in God's purpose for my life? You know, we're going to be able to answer a lot of those questions and not being so rigid to um, here's the course book, read it <laughs> or you don't pass. Yeah, we're going to move on the fly because we think it's necessary. That's what excites me because I'm uh, courses for the most part just end up being the same thing. It's like God again. So we're doing something different for sure. Definitely, it's not it's not a static thing. It's fluid, and and truth is truth. But if we don't have someone that helps us to be relevant to that truth as it applies to us today, then it just stays kind of a mystery. And right now, things are changing so rapidly that we have to be able to adjust. And I think that the, the, this thing being interactive and opening up the opportunity for, for viewers that are just watching the view, even if they don't take the course, to say, hey, I've got this issue. Bring it on. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, we, if between the five of us, we can't at least give you some help, then we'll find somebody who can't. But that's part of the interactive. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like that. Um, Dr. Henry, it's always a blessing to have you here. Blessed for our friendship and getting to do right, the podcast. Right. But I always I always learn a lot from you and thank you for letting me pick on you today and ask you <laughs> questions that very few people actually want to answer. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I could have done the no comment reply. <laughs> I want to up on you. <laughs> I'm like, no, sorry, dude. We're done. Uh, anyway, Dr. Henry, thank you so thank much, you. man. Uh, really for the opportunity. Now, do you want to plug anything? Uh, plug anything? Uh, no. I, in 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 what you're saying, I would add, you know, just because I've noticed in 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 our ministry, uh, apart from you know being a missionary to Honduras for the last several years, trying to mentor leaders and leadership teams. The, the beauty of all of this that's been happening, and I think because of all this, you know, everything kind of going to an online, we just we are just finishing up working with an organization that an NGO that was basically closing their doors. They were saying we, we don't know how to go forward, given all of the circumstances. By working with their team, um, we've been able to innovate some ideas that they are now just going to, you know, reset, re restructure so that they don't have to close their doors to reach the people that they're used to reaching. And I think that, again, it's kind of the, the gift or the all things that work together for good, you know, the those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God just has a way of gifting something in the middle of disaster. So now they're, they're, they're looking to go and do more with less. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. So I, I just, the, again, it's kind of coming back to the whole thing we've been talking about today, being interactive, this whole um, post-pandemic or, or pre-post-pandemic or pandemic whatever season that we're living in. It, it's, just, it's just a thing. It's a season. 
and we will be living in seasons as long as we are on this planet. <laughs> Amen to that. Dr. Henry, God bless you, man. See you soon. Take care. Thanks again. All right. Bye-bye. Dr. Henry, everybody, thank you so much for being here. God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. Um, and you guys follow Dr. Henry. Keep up with what he's doing. Um, and we will see you back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central. God bless. Take care.